Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all this evening? We are here in the United Kingdom, and it's a rather lovely evening, I have to say. I'm always looking at the moon and stars, as all of you out there know. That is one of my loves, is this outer planetary and, you know, multi-universe existence of ours. And here we are amongst all of these planets and stars. And what a miracle that is, truly, that we as beings are floating around, flying around amongst so many other people, so many people that we are yet to meet, people that we have met. And we forget sometimes that there is such a magic in life, a secret to life, that I think sometimes we have to close these physical eyes and open the eyes of the heart. And when those eyes open, we can see that which is unseen. And that is why I have an absolutely fantastic guest. Tonight, I am absolutely delighted to welcome my guest today, and that is the very talented and lovely Tim Arnold. Tim is a singer-songwriter, filmmaker, composer, social activist, and founder of Save Soho. Tim began his career as leader of the 90s British art band Jocasta. As a solo artist, he has self-released 23 albums. He scored music for Iggy Pop's film Blood Orange, Iggy noted in NME that Tim's music reminded him of David Bowie. Tim has been mentored by Bowie mentor Lindsay Kemp, which resulted in their collaborative multimedia project, What Love Would Want. He's widely recognized as the first songwriter to write and release a concept album about London's Soho district, 215's The Soho Hobo, which was BBC London Album of the Year. The project led him to create Save Soho, a coalition of performers including Stephen Fry and Benedict Cumberbatch. That campaign for Soho's historic role as a national platform for the performing arts. Tim performs and speaks internationally gracing major stages, institutions, and festivals. 
and is an ambassador for international mental health organization, The Creative Wow. He also mentors young music creators. Wow, my goodness. Today, he shares his fantastic life story. Welcome, dear Tim. Oh, wow. It's like a cosmic <laughs> version of This Is Your Life, your beautiful sort of, um, you know, opening about the universe, <laughs> of the stars and the planets, and then suddenly my, my, my little strange life of um, um, whatever it is that I've been doing while I've been on the planet. <laughs> it's lovely. Thanks. Your wonderful life, your wonderful life, <laughs> yes. It's sort of now, you know, now you have sort of the, the stars have shone brightly for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you to say so. Well, oh, right. how are you, dear Tim? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm very good actually. In 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 terms of the, the strange times that we're all living in, I mm. think I'm I'm um, yeah. I I could complain, but I'm not going to because I know I'm I'm a lot better off than many others. Yes, that's a well, that's a little bit tricky, isn't it? Whenever you ask anybody at the moment, "How are you?" and I don't know whether also that's a British thing where people will just say, fine, fine, you know, it's okay. Or they will say, actually, it's rather rubbish. Um, well, yeah. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm quite un-English in those ways. <laughs> yes, I'm me too. The first. I think most of my <laughs> friends, are, you know, they're always... I tend to say everything that's wrong first in my life to, to most of my friends when I see them. But um, but the truth is, is that I'm as I've got older, I realise um, just yeah, just very um, where I'm fortunate is in many ways that that so many others are not, and and I think you know um, leading any kind of creative life is is a fortune and a blessing anyway because you get to you get to invent one part of your life all the time so you don't have to be 100% connected to what's happening externally actually that's very true it's a saving grace and i think that's why some in, other some other people might call it fantasy but you know. <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> it's kept it me doesn't going. matter <laughs> <laughs> yeah fantasy is not a bad place to be sometimes i have to say well, it's, it's a, a saving good, grace it, it's good it's a it's good to have both isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and you know they always say about you know musicians and writers and poets and such and artists they are always sort of one foot here in this world and another foot in another world or two and that's why they are actually through times you probably know all this tim but they're feared the most because they're the ones who can open people's hearts. Yes, indeed. I think that's. Um, I think if 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 you're open to, um, I don't know, a more multi-dimensional view of of life, then um, I think that's that's very true. And if you're stuck in the consensus reality of the material world and of the, you know. Um, the kind of world that many of us have to have to really engage with at the moment sadly uh, it's it's easy to forget that that there there really is uh, another side to life that has nothing to do with uh, the kind of stuff but that we hear and <laughs> experience through the news channels and the media and the expectations of society mm. yeah yeah it's true and that's why artists are actually they are 
much needed lifesavers, whether that be through music or art or writing, whatever it is, people need that. They need to believe in the good and in the fairy tales and in the power of music. That's something that's always going to be, I think, a necessity for mankind. Yeah, it's funny when you say that. It reminds me of John Lennon's, one of his quotes, uh, I think right at the end of the 60s, early, mm -hmm. maybe the early 70s, and it was... And it was um, and he was he was very succinct about saying, yeah, well, last year it was all you need is love, and this year it's give peace a chance, and 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 it was, I loved his matter of matter of fact kind of, yeah, I'm creating slogans that give people hope, you know, yeah, um, him and and Paul McCartney of course, but um, but yeah, and that 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 was my starting point. That's all I wanted to do when I started writing songs was just uh, give 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 hope through you know, slogans and choruses and things that people could sing along to. Now, what an excellent opportunity for you to tell us where it all started, this fantastic and amazing career of yours and life. How did all this begin? Oh, good. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> Well, how did it begin for, for me? Well, you know, I come from a theatrical family and um, we'd say a, a pretty working class theatrical family. Um, I think my mother would probably describe herself uh, as a jobbing actress and jobbing uh, singer. Um, and, and certainly that I grew up with that. I didn't grow up, grow up with as much... Uh, fame and, and and celebrity that um, that I uh, sort of accidentally wandered into later in life. Um, my mum was a real grafter, and so I I I did grow up thinking, yes, you do actually sing for your supper. And my my mother did that for for me and my older brother um, throughout our both of our early lives. And I was very overwhelmed by it because my mother's a, a, an enormous character and being and larger than life and would light up a room whenever she was performing or just walking into a room, you know. Um, mm. And so that made me, as somebody that was already imagining creating things, very, very shy and introverted, um, which 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 continued really until I was about sixteen or seventeen, to be honest. But I'd started writing songs when I was uh, about eleven or twelve. I I began. I lived in Spain with my mum. She'd moved there because she's got um, seasonal affective disorder. She has to have sunlight, and uh, and I was sort of stripped away from where we lived in North London in this wonderful arts and crafts universe full of fabulous theatrics and um, all the legendary LGBT uh, folk that I grew up with and my mum's gay and, uh, and and ended up in Spain about half an hour away from the Costa del Sol when I was oh, 10 years yes. old and I was very very sulky sulky about it and um, wasn't happy and also been taken away from my older brother who who I I loved dearly and and was very much a guide for me um but that that sort of upset and loss as a child created thirst and hunger which I think might not have happened if I'd have stayed in in London 
um so i was in the middle of the m mountains living living with my mother going to a spanish school there were no record shops there was no sort of pop culture it was you know the only traffic we ever saw was goats <laughs> it was really really properly rural which at the time i as a child i loathed and now i think what what a paradise um but that's the irony is as you get older you look for natural wonder a bit more i think um yeah. and uh i i started listening to records and and connecting with music on a very deep level i suppose when i was 12 and actually i i i was attacked by a bat um walking home from school and uh it got stuck in my hair and i was screaming oh was about 11 i was screaming outside uh someone's house <laughs> help 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 <laughs> and uh, and this lovely man called roland came out of his house this is in spain a little sort of expat urbanization mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, he came out of his house and he, and, and he got scissors and he cut this bat that got stuck in my hair. Oh, dear. sat me down, made me a cup of tea, and he knew my mum. He said, don't worry, we'll take you home and you'll be all right. Have a look at the records and uh, put, put some music on if you want. And I was looking at these records and I picked out Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. And uh, anyway... Um, I was just, I didn't know what it sounded like or anything. It just looked interesting because of the funny shape on the front. And he said, if you want it, you can you can have that. Take it home with you. So I did. So in the midst of this fear, fearful and uh, fearful state of shock, I, I went home. Uh, he explained to my mum what had happened. And I, I went into my <laughs> into my bedroom and put on that record. And, um, and it changed my life. And I realised that even if you were on your own, um you you could make a lot of music <laughs> that was that was yes. the thing and i and i and within weeks i'd learned how to multi-track myself using an old bashed up uh, double cassette machine and um you know if any listeners don't know about you record your guitar and then you add the piano and you add your voice and you and you add some backing vocals and and and, and you build up all the instruments yourself on your own and um because i was pretty much on my own in many respects um that was what i did and, and within a matter of months i found my best friend and my longest friend and that's music you know what a story <laughs> yeah, it's quite wild, the, bat, it? <laughs> the bat helped you to find the meaning of your life yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, when, yes. I look at, when I think of myself as I was a very skinny, puny, flat-footed, eleven-year-old, <laughs> and um, and this, this, it was, I was so scared because uh, I, I couldn't get it out of my of my hair. But if I look at it now and think, if that hasn't have happened, I wouldn't have discovered Mike Oldfield. I wouldn't have known about multi-tracking and 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 multiplying yourself into a recorded. Um, universe which now i think for many young people is not such a big deal but at that time to me it was amazing just just magical to be able to duplicate yourself and your creative ideas so that you you weren't just one color you were the, you were the whole spectrum if you needed to be how beautiful how beautifully you put it tim that is so true it's somehow in in the greatest of disaster sometimes that we think of in life is that we discover, you know, the reason for our being. And that takes you 
throughout your life. And although sometimes it's rare, of course, but tell me, was your childhood up until that age, did you have any inclining of what you would like to do as an adult? Um, not until I was, uh, no, not until I was that age. I think I'd, I think I'd heard Bohemian Rhapsody when I was around the same similar time by Queen, uh, and, and I started discovering Freddie Mercury. And I, I, I think, I think there was an element of seeing a man doing what I've seen my mum doing my whole life. You know, she mm. is a, 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 a consummate performer of 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 such power and light and excitement it was like oh right she does that but then then i started seeing other people do it and seeing a man do it for the first time and also i'm 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 mixed race as well so seeing a man who was actually asian you know people think of freddie mercury as a as a, a, a british white person but he's not of course uh, was an asian was was a sort of oh right you can you i could do something like that too so I had a, but I, but to begin with, I just wanted to write. I was much more <laughs> on the kind of um, the, that side of my coalfield, and uh, but I didn't grow up with a father, so uh, apart from my brother, there were no male role f- uh, figures, you know, uh, you know, male role models in my life. So mm. I, I was very much looking out at um, the, the popular culture. Uh, in that sense, and and Freddie Mercury was one, and Midjour was another, and Mike Oldfield was 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 the was the safe bet to start with, which was a very shy and uh, retiring person who, <laughs> who wanted to get, make their music alone and and not really have to um, yeah. engage with with anybody else. So I started off like that, but I I never knew I'd end up doing what I have done, which is uh, which is to be honest crosses into entertainment as well i never thought i never wanted to be an entertainer but i but i ended up becoming that as well yeah so how did that happen what was because i know that you were the leader of the band jocasta mm. how did that all come into play what was is was that your big break so to speak it's my first break i don't know if it's a big break but i i mean <laughs> if you look through the lens of commercial success in the music industry it might be perceived like that um but yeah i mean my way out of spain or living in the middle of nowhere with my mum was you know i left school when i was 13 and and said i'm gonna homeschool mum until you let me go back to england <laughs> so, <laughs> i was so determined of course she never thought that i would stick it out for six months but i did and i created my own timetable and got friends to send books and and you know and i worked english hours i mean it was like, my goodness it was a really precocious annoying 13 year old who was saying well if you're not going to let me go back to england i'm going to do everything english here so i would finish you know my schooling at 3 30 uh, which was different to spain schooling hours if they finished at five you know um i was i was um i was determined and i was obsessed with um celtic mythology and druid druids and glastonbury and the arthurian tales i was what am i doing on the costa del sol I, I, this isn't right um and um like i said i feel differently about it now because it's such a beautiful part of the world but at that time, I just I just wanted to find the Holy Grail and then 
sit in front of it and make music for it. That was what was in my head. Um, and eventually she let me go back. And, I, and I, so I started at school, um, at a Rudolf Steiner school, which sounds very posh. But they're fantastic schools. They're an amazing school that I was mm. lucky to audition for it. And my mum begrudgingly, I say begrudgingly, you know, she, she su supported me throughout the whole um, transition. Um, and and when that was hard for her, hard for any mother, just kind of letting go of your child at 13. Yeah. Saying, okay. You, and it was, she had to stay in Spain. She couldn't be happy in, in the UK. And, and I, I was growing in a way that I needed to be close to the culture that I knew well, I was going to be involved in somehow, and so we both sacrificed a lot. I think in 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 severing our ties at that young age, um, for me and um, and I, anyway, I I I boarded with families who either taught at the school or had pupils at the school. At thirteen, at, that was... at, yeah. I started when I was fourteen, just outside London in Kings Langley, and it was yeah. it was a dream come true for me and. Uh, and I and I was very aware even at that age. My mum was doing jazz gigs and cabaret on, on, in back in Spain to pay for the reduced rate school fees because she was a single parent. And uh, you know, it was it was pretty astonishing. And um, I met all these cool kids that were just after living in the middle of the mountains uh, for whatever four years, suddenly chatting to. A girl in the class whose dad had worked on Pink Floyd's The Wall, and you know it was all this kind of <gasps> amazing. And um, and then we all started doing work experience at record companies in in London, and uh, when I was fifteen or sixteen, and you know it was um, I was very lucky. But I chose it. I mean, my mother didn't have anything to do with it. She said, "You can uh, you, you can go back to England, but." You have to do it. You'll have to arrange it yourself because I don't want to have any part of you leaving me. <laughs> so she, got to, she removed herself from the from the guilt of it all, I suppose, um, sensibly, and let me be responsible for it, which was also a bit complicated at thirteen. But <laughs> not sure. Well, it's actually quite extraordinary, Tim, that you had this courage and this power of spirit to do such a thing. That must have been very scary. Uh, I think it was excitement more rather than mm. being scared. I, I was so drawn to this funny little island that I still live in now, and um, I, 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 I just wanted to be on the island, and and I wanted to be, I don't know, connected to the land that T. S. Eliot had been a part of and Shakespeare had been a part of and Emily Emily Pankhurst and all the all the yeah, I was obsessed with British history and mm. you know in the 60s and uh, I and and it didn't seem fair my mother was a bit of a 60s it girl and presented ready steady go and danced with the Beatles and the scene club in Soho and, all, and I was like what am I doing here <laughs> yes. I want to go back and have what you had so um so it was, yeah, I just had such passions. It wasn't a negative of, I don't want to be here. It was, I know where I'm meant to be. <laughs> it was a positive, you know. Um, and I did a lot of, um, I don't know, intention building uh, when I was 13, uh, which, with my brother's help, uh, resulted in me coming back to the UK, yeah. Now, how does somebody of that age 
have this ability to know what they really want. Do you think it's something that's in your blood, as they say? Is it is it destiny? What is it that has that power to pull you to the place that you're meant to be? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, a, f- a good friend of mine uh, who I've worked with for many years, Nymph, uh, she said she's one of my best friends, and um, if not my best friend, and she says um, instinct is one of the most important parts of our life. And uh, being able to hear your instinct, I think, in, in the world we live in now is increasingly difficult, you know, to be able to hear what it is that your your being knows already. It's almost like there's a part of yourself that knows where you're meant to be, who you're meant to be with, what you're meant to be doing, you know. Um, and I tend to think that at that age, my 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 instinct was not um, uh, being drowned out by anything at all, um, and and I must credit my mother as well for being the kind of parent who gave me time, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if uh, if that's always the case with 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 parents, but she gave me a lot of time to hear myself. If you know what I mean. And um, probably she just wanted to get on with what she was doing, but but it was good for me. It was really good. I just had so much time to to think and absorb at my own pace, and uh, and I, it was an instinct. I had a, a very strong belief that I wasn't. She was meant to be in Spain, but I wasn't. Um, and I I I really believe that. And I I don't think my instinct has ever been as. Uh, um, clear or well pronounced uh, it, it, within me since that, and I think a lot of my adulthood <laughs> has been trying to get back to that in a way. And do you still possess that, Tim? Is that something still that guides your life? I still possess it. Uh, yes, absolutely, and it and it and it guides my life if I am. Um, uh, attuned to it um i don't think you i don't think any of us lose our instinct for where our place in the world is is and should be for where we are at that moment in our lives it's just that we have all these other aspects that come in as we get older uh so yeah i still have that strong instinct but i have all these other (laughs) things that either um uh, get in the way of it or, or or facilitate my instinct it depends it's much harder I, I i miss that simplicity of uh childhood of of really just playing i suppose playing with life you know like picasso used to say you should play with the brushes and and it's the nothing's too serious um yeah, it's it's uh, it's still there. It's just that it it takes a lot more effort to let it sort of come out and speak, though. Yeah, playing with life. What a line, actually. That is, I suppose, one of the mystical parts of life that we as adults tend to forget, and somehow that inner child of ours that never really grows up is always searching 
for something that allows us to play, whether that be with other like-minded people that we meet and we can suddenly feel young again. You know, that freedom to be free, mm. you know, really to laugh, to cry, to be open about our feelings also. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's curious to me. I, I'm very interested in time travel. <laughs> it's, oh, really? It's, yeah, it, and I don't mean by you know machines and things. No, you know, no, yeah. But, but in the concept of being able to, you know, move between the different parts of your life and 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 focus on on any other part of your life other than just the present moment that you're in and um yeah i've i've got a lot in the last couple of years a lot out of going back and going mm. forward as well and i i yeah i i mean it's funny i didn't i i'm not a, somebody that takes psychedelic drugs but i I'm, i get along with people that do the do <laughs> <laughs> they get along very well with people that do, yeah. Yes, because they seem to make sense what they're talking about, actually. I, yeah. I know that feeling. Neither do I. But yes, I do know, you know, here and there, people that do. And um, it pretty much makes sense what they're saying to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 don't, yeah. Think, um, I don't think there's any one way to, to live life anymore. I used to. I'm, I'm a terrible, I'm pretty typical Cancerian in that respect and sort of... Mm. Uh, just being having to go this way, <laughs> you know, that way, um, and and I do that in my work without apology. Uh, in life, I'm trying to sort of um, become more flexible all the time because uh, I realise that it, it, that the whole purpose of 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 growing and being free and being able to play that you have when you're younger is to do with a lack of attachment to time. Yes. Have you ever had that feeling or that experience? And I've had it quite a few times in life where suddenly you're standing at the point of wherever you are. For example, we're standing in the moment of the now. And you can think back to a point in your life, but actually you can feel as if you're actually living that life and there's no boundaries of time. There is no time. Everything's merged into one. Yeah, uh, very recently that happened to me. That was it. Isn't that strange? Yeah, uh, a year ago I I began, and it was the I think well, the third lockdown in the UK. Mm. I began uh, painting for the first time in about thirty years, and and also listen. I decided to start listening to cassette tapes uh, as, as opposed to you know digital recordings mm. of, of my from my music library and um and the, the the whole all the time that i was experiencing in the day completely changed because i would be turning cassettes over after 45 minutes i'd be paying attention to the the silence between the songs and the silence at the end of that is like a mixtape that i had from 1991 or something and um and it, it absolutely slowed 
everything down to the point where I was able to do more. I mean, nothing changed, obviously, in time, but it just, it, I just, yeah, I, it's really hard to explain. I, I was learning to play the guitar differently as well, and I, I find that with learning music that all sense of time goes out the window as well. And um, I think it was, and I hate saying it because I know some, some many people have, experienced lockdown with nothing but um frustration and um and anger and and, and great difficulty uh and i i just I, I i had the most incredible experience on, on most of the lockdowns that we've had just by kind of giving into it and going into a different space sean lennon said something very funny the other day he said rather than onwards and upwards uh we should all start I'm thinking about going inwards and upwards. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was really, yeah. really quite eloquent, given yes. there's not a lot of going out. <laughs> no. People. Well, there is, but, you know, it's just not straightforward, and, and many of us kind of don't bother because it's so complicated now to go out. But, yeah, inwards and upwards. I, 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 inwards and upwards. That, that is excellent. Yeah. yeah. And when you think about it, I remember being a child, Tim, and... I remember looking at the ocean and thinking, well, the ocean is never ending, but of course it's ending. But to me, it was never ending. And then that is my concept of time. I couldn't quite sort of understand it because I always used to think, well, time seems made up. And I used to say to myself, imagine, Mimi, if you could actually go beyond time and beyond space where would you be? And that opens a whole multitude of universes out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. T t yeah. It doesn't exist in the, in the way we think it is. It's become such a part of our lives and uh, the, you know, nine to five and, you know, mm. job times and appointments and meetings and even us tonight, you know, having, having to, we're arranging it. But none of it exists. We've just, we've just made a map on top of something yes. the way there isn't really a map there. <laughs> that's actually, that's one of the nicest ways that it's been explained. Yes, we've made a map on somewhere that there isn't a map. And it's nice. It's just flip, yeah. flip, flip the map out sometimes and kind of go, there's nothing underneath my feet. <laughs> I'm floating or nothing at all. You know, um, uh, it's How liberating. frightening to do, but it's liberating as well. And I think that's probably what most yeah, artists and sculptors and mm. uh, writers and musicians do. They, they work without that map. That's, it, it can, can, I think it's restrictive when you're trying to be creative. Yeah, absolutely the truth. And in a way, it's like the moving and the winnowing winds and the shifting sands of the desert where you just have to go with the flow of wherever you are. Mm. Whatever it is that you're in, you have to move with it as opposed to against it. Absolutely. Yeah. And just let it and allow it. And a bit like mm. the sea, you know, you can be mm. in the sea. Yeah, for a couple of minutes, and then suddenly you you look at you look back at the land, and and you're not where you thought you were. Um, yeah, it's because it's you you've you've let go. Um, 
if you're me and you're short-sighted and you don't you can't see properly it's quite frightening but uh, <laughs> but it is it is absolutely that it's what nature tells us mostly i think if we look at nature enough it's that there there are no limits and everything's everywhere and um, and yet nowhere at the same time the sea of course most of it gets absorbed by the earth and then comes back again so it's it's yeah um i keep thinking a bit more about nature these days yeah. are you what is your feeling because i know that um you spoke earlier about your affinity to glastonbury and uh, yeah king arthur and all of that and that's very much um connected with the realms of nature how did you get into all of that um Gosh, that's a really good question. Um, a combination of different people. Um, I, I've mentioned him already, but my, my older brother, Toby, uh, was when I was, he's 10 years older than me. So I grew up with uh, a brother that was 10 years older and was reading books about Jungian psychology and, uh, and Grail legends and... The, oh, arch yes. the archetypes of of these um, characters and and magic and the I Ching, you know, and of course I was ten, <laughs> so, so to me it sort of felt like when other adults had talked about as adults do to children. Well, I think so. Certainly, with me, they talk about magic and and that mm. there is magic in, in in the world. And when you're little, and it's this sort of bewildering magical mystery that you don't know about. And and then and then suddenly, my brother's got all these books, and it was and it was, it was he was quite um, well. Yeah, well, that's what magic is. And I was like, oh, there are books for this. <laughs> and that's quite young, isn't it? When you're ten or eleven, to suddenly yeah. go you know go from sort of fairy tale thinking um to oh this is something you can practice and learn you know mm. and may maybe i can fly <laughs> yes <laughs> yes you <laughs> can <laughs> yeah um and and of course that um that was a sort of permission i think uh, at a young age to feel well may many people might might think I'm mad for thinking it, but I wanted to be real so much that I'm going to believe this. You know, so I kind of made a choice at a very young age to believe in in magic, and um, and and then and history was um, just a fascination to me, and oh. I and I was uh, working at a theatre in Spain when I was I don't know twelve or thirteen. And met a lady who who managed the wardrobe there called Margaret McCann, and this is about 1987. Um, it's a funny little theatre. I wouldn't call it amateur because everybody was brilliant there. Um, mm. And I got to work in some of the productions uh, uh, as a sort of extra or helping out. I was a kid, you know. Um, but she took me to a bookshop one day and. Um, and got me into some books and one of them was the holy blood and the holy grail and i and i started reading that and then then she said to me oh well you'd probably be really interested in glastonbury and she brought about six books 
about Glastonbury the next day, about the Holy Thorn and about the tour and about the 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 um, the landscape of the star signs that are built into the loud. It was just this whole kind of. Uh, the opposite to what people talk about with conspiracy theories. You know, when people talk about conspiracy theories, which is like, <gasps> there's these dastardly things that have been going on that nobody knows about. For me, it was like, there, there are these amazing things that nobody knows about that have yeah. been done on purpose to guide us as, a, as, as human beings. And, you know, it was just so exciting. And I think it's probably her fault that I... I convinced my mum to move back to England I just thought well no wonder you wanted to come back yeah I just I just I I think it's also the thing I remember when David Bowie died and uh, so many people were upset and um and of course and it was such a great loss um and my feeling on it was yeah but I feel really lucky I was alive at the same time as somebody like that that was my takeaway. It was like, my God, I lived in yeah. the same time. And so when I was looking at the history and the magical history of 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 England, and uh, I was like, Glastonbury was something that sounded like a a, a fairy tale. Like, no, no, it's real. You can go there. <laughs> you know? So I started making pilgrimages to Glastonbury when I was thirteen, and um, and still do. And so, yes. yeah, it was that. I just, yeah, just seeing the wonder in the world and knowing that we're in it still, and we're we're at the same time. It's not like I don't know when people talk about Atlantis and these magical mm. realms that we don't know if they're there anymore. This is like this stuff is in the country, and I'm from that country. What am I doing here in Costa del Sol, having egg and chips by the beach? You know, <laughs> <laughs> when I get back to you know the marsh and the bad weather. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And have fish and chips at home watching the TV. <laughs> quite, quite, yeah. Now, did you ha, have you ever been to Cornwall? Uh, yeah, gel. What is that like? Well, that's funny. I, I lived in Cornwall uh, when I was, I think, two years old for about mm-hmm. maybe six months or something. I don't remember it, um, but. I find I always wanted to go to Tintagel and yeah. I went there for the first time in 2020 with my partner Kate. She took me there and oh. um, yeah, in fact, that was a really how was it? Wow, I, we went to Merlin's Cave and <gasps> um, oh my goodness, how lucky! Yeah, but it 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 excited me and terrified me because the tide was coming in and uh, I I loved the feeling of how. I mean, it sounds a bit peculiar, but I, I love the feeling that you could be exhilarated with that moment of life and then looking at the water coming and going, oh, my God, this could literally all be gone in a second if I don't get out. You know? It was um, I, I can't qu- quite put my finger on it, but it was a yeah, it was a really, really amazing experience. But the, is the legend that he's actually in that cave? Still. Well, he wasn't, and not until I got there. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not because sure. that's what I've heard. I've heard different stories, but I've heard that he's in that cave still. Because he's like, you know, he's like the green man. Yeah. Sort of, um, yeah. You know, he's like ever living. He never really dies. And That's right. This is eternal. Yes. yes, yes. And he's waiting um, for a time on Earth to come back 
Do you believe that? I believe I believe in it in 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 it being maybe a metaphor and a, and a symbolic uh, expression of the way humanity evolves. I'm not sure if it's a real man or something like that, but I do think a lot of those mysteries, and it's, it's like a bit a bit like King Arthur, the once and future king. I think that's such a fascinating idea of somebody that was. I mean, and, and, you know, the real King Arthur was a Roman king from um, the the this uh, seventh century and not that but the legend that was written yes about by mallory was such an interesting idea this once and future king that it yes. was and it can't and i think it was very much based on the christian story i will say christian not catholic and um and this beautiful idea of a of a kind of of a light that unites other beings together that that will come again i love it i love the hope in it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman or a king or whatever i just i just like that energy uh suggestion it's beautiful and you're a little bit magic aren't you yourself tim oh but oh, well i don't know i mean i've been <laughs> surrounded by um a lot and it seemed to draw people into my life uh, who've been are practicing in some way on a magical level and mm. and and some very magical things have happened to me which i just you know have have had to believe you know mm. had mm. to believe and go wow that's there's there there really are some some things that you can't explain that are just beautiful and and inspiring and and make you think gosh there's just so much more than that we don't know about what we're doing for each other while we're here on this weird journey it's true and you do that through your songwriting your singing your composing and you know when when people will see because we're going to put a photograph you, you know we put a photograph of all the guests and everything uh, yeah and, and people will see because people will know you, of course. Um, but you are, there's something quite magical about you. And I also wondered whether you were involved in some form of, I don't know, healing of some sort. Um, not as a... Not as an intentional, uh, mm. uh, proactive way, mm. but that I, I've, I've been making music long enough now to know mm. actually when I spot something in a, in somebody else who's experienced whatever I've done musically. Mm. That's made that's helped me identify that oh I've done a good thing there for somebody, and I yeah. didn't I didn't do it f for that I've done I mean I tend I am a bit I'm slowly growing into the the mad short sighted professor bumbling around in his strange magical <laughs> space uh, just trying to <laughs> make things work um, and and slowly seeing that oh there are some people that have have got something out of this in 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 a way that i'd never imagined and the hardest thing has been not to try to sort of uh go down that road and go right this is now what i do i go out and and 
and touch people and heal people by, you know, making things. Um, and I'd never talk about it because it involves other people's stories and other people's lives, you know. Uh, but there's been some things that have just made my jaw drop about songs that I've written or music that I've made and, and, and what effect that's had on other people. And I suppose, given the fact that I work outside of the music industry, I don't work with, you know, inside that realm. Mm. Um, that's why I've carried on doing it. Because there's many times I thought, I can't do this anymore. Because I've coming from a showbiz family and really believing you have to make money out of this. And I do sometimes, mm. but mostly not. So I think, um, I think those occasions where I've noticed that whatever I've done, that I was doing because I love doing it. <laughs> There's a lot of love in the work. I so much love in the work. I, do. mm. I don't have children. So I imagine that most of the love that parents have for their children I've got no less love to give. I just don't have kids to put it into. So it really goes into music. I've done a lot of kind of anthemic songs um, because that's that's what I'm drawn to with, with songwriting. Mm. And, um, I, you know, I build everything on the idea of you know, with John Lennon and Yoko Ono doing, <laughs> uh, you know, singing at the Montreal Hotel with all the people together. I just think everyone together, everyone in the room, let's get everyone. But I don't have that, obviously, because I'm, mm. I'm an underground sort of person. But I just, I really believed it. And then, then to suddenly meet people that it, it had actually, it had made a difference to. And I just thought, wow, that's just... I I I got it got 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 it to do something there, yeah. Um, and it felt magical when they when the 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 people that were talking to me about it were, um, don't know they were looking at me like I was I was thinking who are they looking at They're not looking at me. They're talking to me like that. <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was sort of wonderful in the way that I guess celebrities and stars have. A similar thing when people meet them go oh i loved your film and oh i loved your song or whatever it is but this was different this was mm. i loved what that you did that and i it was a tool that we used i was like wow it's it was really beautiful and it's those things that that yeah when 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 life is hard with music you think nah i gotta keep doing it really because you know, it's yeah. i'll always do it for myself but it yeah. doesn't mean you have to do it publicly of course mm. but i think yeah you have to do it in case that, that happens that sort of thing you might touch someone you should be really proud of yourself tim because that's quite a remarkable story oh. that you have just <laughs> shared with us thank you because this is it it's and i love this what would love what is it? What love would want? Yeah, it was very much an idea that I wanted to personify love as the person because mm. we see because mm. obviously for gay couples uh, uh, where it, it's not permitted to, to same sex marriage or uh, uh, any of that LGBT um, culture isn't allowed. They're asking what people think. You know, you're asking what your parents think and you're asking what uh, a, an institution thinks. You're asking what the church thinks. You're asking what your leaders think. You're asking what the people at work where you have to go to work think. And the song was very much about don't ask 
what they want. Ask what love would want. And it seems, and, and you know, it's naive in some ways, but I, I quite like naive sometimes because it means. No, I think it's wonderful. You know, if we get too clever about mm. stuff, then uh, uh, we, we get lost sometimes. Um, so it was, it was very much to do with. Uh, yeah, if if the little love ghost wants to come and sit between that man and that woman and put them together, then that's fine. That's what, that's what love wants. <laughs> I if, love that. What and if love the, would if want. the little what love spirit I... decides to jump between two men or two women, that's what love wants for them. And you know, and let, let's let's leave it up to love instead of all the other stuff that we keep getting sort of you know bombarded with. I think it's not naive at all, actually, Tim. I think it's. The essence of life, love. If only we would ask that question of ourselves every day. Yeah. In everything that we did. I yeah. think our life would be completely different. Yeah, me yeah, I'm me included. I'm not I'm just trying to do that still. It's hard. That's yeah. the other thing, of course. When you write when you sometimes you write songs and go and people did say when you play it live or whatever, and they're like, oh, gosh, that's such an amazing idea. And blah, blah, blah. Mm. You, you just feel terrible because you can't live by it all the time. Well, we can try. <laughs> you, you can aspire to it. I aspire yes. to all the things yes. that I write. Mm. Um, but, the, but the ideas and, and, and the sort of, I don't know, the utopian dreams that, that I, that I um, end up channeling, uh, with a lot of my songs, uh, uh, they come quicker than my ability to follow the rule. <laughs> yeah. But you're trying. This is the thing, and in always try all yeah. of that that you're doing is actually through love. Like you said at the beginning, it's love that's motivating you. You know, when you think about somebody, or you look at people in love, Tim, or when we feel love, you know. We are different people. We are our true selves at that mm. point because love is guiding us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the things, going back to my mother again, is that she's seen me go through ups and downs in terms of what we might term as a career. And my God, it, and it always comes back to the, her advice, which was... Um, you just don't know who's out there listening to what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and because I haven't been in, you know, with uh, record companies or TV or any, any, that sort of um, uh, area, that realm has not been where I've been working. I work, I work with people. There's nothing between me and my music and the people that hear it really. Mm. Uh, especially now that I've left Spotify. <laughs> But, yes, but, I heard. I heard. Yeah, but uh, I, I, it, it, and it's taken me this long to realise that it's a good thing, and and um, and what my mother always said. She said, "Don't get cross when people are talking during one of your shows, because sometimes, even though they're talking, they're still listening, and it's still going in." this amazing advice because when i was younger i used to get upset i see i'd be on stage giving it your all you know and there's like somebody talking up the back and stuff yeah. and i remember getting cross once and she told me that and i never i've never got cross ever since i just realized that you just have to do what you're doing and people will receive it in the way they're ready to and um and so that's that's yeah that's been my love is is really 
what all the work I do is made yeah. out of. And not just mine, but also all the people that work with me. Because I'm not one of those musicians with a budget. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Everybody, and I've been blessed to work with some of the most extraordinary musicians in this country and actors and all sorts. And they all do it for love if they work with me because they know there's no bloody money in it. So, mm. um, so far. So it's, it's yeah, it's, um, it is, it is the, it is the, uh, the finance for me. Love. Love is the finance. That is. That is. That's yeah. the ultimate payoff, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember I had a godmother when I was younger and she would say to me, you can't. And I, I was very young. I was about 10 years old. And she said, well, you can't live from love, Mimi. And I said, yes, I can. I said, well, how are you going to live from love? She said, it's nonsense. I said, it's not nonsense. I'm going to live my life. And it's going to be with love. And that's enough. Yeah, and you know, agree. finally enough, that is enough. Yeah, it is. I think it's right. And um, and I'm sure I've got some friends that th th think this is a potty kind of conversation and that, and that I'm, I'm mad. But uh, I think I think it's right. You know, love is an en electricity is an energy. Money is an energy. They're all mm. different energies. Love yeah. is is I think that's the highest energy. Uh, and universal love. No, I'm not talking about obviously romantic love. It's different, yes. but universal love. That's we're all connected to each other with it, and it depends um, just how active we want to be with it. Absolutely, and we should be tremendously compassionate and generous with ourselves, and share that love with ourselves because we forget sometimes to actually feel that love within us and how else are we going to give it to anybody else unless we can actually experience that heart energy that core of love that exists within us yes i agree and and, and the pandemic has been one of the both hardest and uh and easiest times to for me anyway, to, to kind of experience that because you, you've got more time alone. Well, I have, I think many of us have, um, and you get to be with yourself a bit more. And I was quite surprised how I have been quite surprised how much love that I've not really been <laughs> giving to myself. Yeah. 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 That's been the, the longest lesson I think for me through the, through this I said sorry to no, myself. Did you say sorry to yourself? I said, I'm really sorry. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so many times. Yeah. So, still doing I'm, it, really. You have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and all the times that in your life. You've caught me two weeks after giving up smoking again as well. So I'm so, still saying sorry about <laughs> doing that to myself. Yeah. Well, keep <laughs> to saying myself. sorry. <laughs> and don't do it again. I'm not going to. Yeah. And I had a hypnotherapist um, uh, help me this time. Well, my partner actually gifted that to me as an early Christmas present. And it worked. It's worked so far. Well, I'm only two weeks in, but it's worked so far. Yeah. Well, that's I, good. I, I, I had, was really quite full on with the smoking. And I've, I've given up harder things than smoking cigarettes, I can tell you. And uh, the cigarettes have been the last thing. I, it's been such a nightmare. But I, I, really, I really do see it as a kind of 
yeah you're not being kind to yourself there <laughs> yeah yeah it, and the realization i think mm. you're halfway there once you've realized and sort of got over that feeling of yeah. oh how did i oh how did i do that for so long but you've got to jump out of that feeling haven't you because otherwise you're stuck in that place and you don't want to be stuck in that place so no it, it's a daily sort of battle i think with all of us with our own vices and and quirks and you know strange yeah. I, I think that's what part of the times with i'm certainly the very first lockdown that we had mm. was such an amazing opportunity for those that were in a position to take advantage of it just being with nature so much more and realizing that there's a different there's another pace to mm. to what's happening in the universe that's not what we do. You know, we do this other pace and, uh, and we have to, to a degree. Uh, but, but, it's, but being reminded that it's not the only way uh, was a really good thing. Obviously now it's, it's more complicated. We've got to try to get out of it and find a balance. But, um, but yeah, there's, I, 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 I keep trying to look at the, the positives of this, this lot. It's nearly two years now, isn't it? Um, I can't believe that, actually, that it's mm. been, in a way, it's like the blink of an eye, and yet in another way, it seems lifetimes. But you're right about the nature, because I remember as a child growing up on a farm, and everything made sense then, because my <laughs> grandfather had this farm, but he would plant everything, and of course, there's a season for everything, and you would watch it grow or you'd be disappointed if it didn't grow, but you couldn't plant it at one particular time and expect it to grow at another time. Everything had its time, you know, and he would look at the moon and plant according to the moon phases. Oh, that sounds like, is, is that bio, biodynamic? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's what Steiner... Um... Exactly. That's why yeah. I love uh, Rudolf Stein. I, I absolutely, mm. I, I love, you know, his work and, you know, and it makes such a difference energetically, as you know, to do things according to the seasons, according to the phases of the moon and the way that the planets are. It, well, it, yeah. it, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? It totally makes sense. And I think it makes sense to musicians a lot because it's the same with making music where there are certain points in a piece of music, if you're four or five or more people playing together, there's a moment you do something and there's a moment you don't do something. That's all yes. that's all it is when you're a player in an ensemble. It's you're you're creating silence or you're creating sound. And it <laughs> and, and they both take a lot of discipline to make either. People think making silence is easy, it's not. And when you when you're a musician. Yeah. And so this this wonderful um understanding and, and being able to observe space that's empty and space that's full with sound, it creates this harmony you know and and it's the same with what, what you were just saying with growing <laughs> growing yes. stuff in in nature mm. you, if you don't observe uh all the elements at play then then you can't create the harmony and we are so far removed tim from nature in you know we 
for those lucky enough that grow their own um, food and live in that sort of real harmony and synchronicity with nature, that must be a real godsend because many of us are totally dependent on technology. You know, mm. we spoke about this at the very beginning before, you know, we started the episode. And yeah. that has made us slaves in a way. In one way, it's enhanced our life. And in another, it's completely made prisoners of us. Yeah. It's very complicated. And mm. um, I mean, I, I, I've spent probably the last five years uh, working on a project which isn't been uh, made public yet properly um, that's exploring what where the balance is between our humanity our relationship to the planet and nature and what technology is doing and so far my exploration isn't very kind to the technology side of things yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised um, yeah and which is tough because you know the hope is in the young people you know it's in oh. the youth and that's their thing you know that's young people's language is tech and yet i'm i'm i feel the same about it as i did with soho when i was work when I began working very hard to protect its culture and its history which was based entirely on the idea that a, a real cultural hub is a combination of layers over time that are built up until that you've got this beautiful Frankenstein of culture you know that's what Soho is it's you know it's Huguenots it's Turks it's Italians it's French it's straight it's gay it's trans it's you know it's oh. rich it's poor it's this it, we've got everything happening and somehow for a long time they coexist harmonically and, mm. and it's great and it's a mess and it's a beautiful mess and everyone kind of works it out and the problem with um with soho it, it, to me is the, is the same thing with tech where one thing's meant to replace another and i i don't believe that i believe in choice and and, and i believe in um, a, a multiverse we should have all the things it's not about you know um one way or the other it's about respecting what's gone before and there are and we are living in a world where there are people who need that and we're also living in a world uh, where people need what comes after that you know we're constant we live i think on the cusp all the time so knocking out the old to bring in the new isn't a thing that i i subscribe to at all i i believe the new should meet the old have a laugh and um and and, and make something else <laughs> you know? Yeah, what a lovely way to put it, actually. It's true. I mean, you talk about children and technology and, you know, how they are. But I saw a program earlier on today because I was trying to... I, I have a friend who lives in the Philippines and she did a documentary and it isn't out yet, but she sent me something. And she had gone through all the poorest areas of the Philippines and... Um, I was totally amazed, Tim, at how 
happy. I have not seen children in the United Kingdom be as happy as these children playing with a piece of wood and an old tire <laughs> in the Philippines. How lovely. Yeah. And the shiningness, you know, their eyes were so full of love and they were shining of life. There was life in their eyes. Yeah. And you know it's... that you, you know that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And I you know, when I was 13, if I could have got my hands on an iPad when I was 13, back in 1988, I would have been so excited. But looking back on it, I'd never have been able to learn to forge my relationship with music and, and, and just creativity if I'd have had that tool that soon. Yeah. So it, it's, about, it's about timing, isn't it? And I think you cannot... Stop progress, of course, and you can't. You, you, we have to keep evolving and keep changing and and growing. It's it 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 just seems at the moment that the, the main problem it's 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 sort of governed by uh, growth and money in a way that is I it's I think many younger people are missing out on some treasure that's they're getting some tre other treasure, of course. But there's some treasure in Peter Gabriel is one one of the artists I respect the most, and of course, as a, as a as an amazing philanthropist as well, and um and he I think he he's really changed the world in terms of opening our ears to different music across the globe, and and it, there's one thing he said, uh, I think in the late eighties after he he made the album so, was that restrictions are the artist's greatest ally. Uh, I th and I think it was to do with the fact that he'd um, he'd they made a decision not to use the hi hat on on a certain song or something. We've got to do this song and never play the hi hat or no cymbals or, and it was this because he'd got to such a stage of success that he he, he a clever man as he is, um, uh, he decided to strip back. All the possibilities were there, and I love that. So I think when you've got an iPhone that's got everything in it and means you can do the everything with it. A wise person says time to restrict so that I've got time to fight for something. I think fighting for something is good. And if you, it's, you know, and, and Gabriel's analogy of fighting for a beautiful song that you could do really easily if you had these instruments and those instruments, but actually I'm taking those out of the studio. We've got to make this beautiful without those. It's really quite beautiful and honorable uh, way to create. And that's, life is creation. It didn't have to be a, a musician or, you know, an artist to do that. Everybody's creating, all kids are creating, you know. Um, yeah. The problem, my problem anyway, um, I'm sure nobody else has a problem with it so much, <laughs> but with 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 the apps and the technology and the software and the yeah. user, user interfaces, is that it's just doing so much for you that there's no space to to wonder. That's another thing. And um, Tom Waits, who talks about Google, why would I use Google? I, I if I've got a question, I want to I want to wonder about it for a while. Oh, you know. that is quite lovely. 
Yes. I thought that when I read it. I thought, I thought, uh, yeah. And that I am a bit like that. And, and then when people say to me, friends and really good friends, oh, just Google it. I'm like, I don't want to. Let's have a think about that. <laughs> You're oh, alone. you are a rare breed. My goodness, Tim. You are one of those people. You know, I think at all points in history, there are people who are the changers of time. We go back to time, the changes of something quite remarkable. And there's a group of people like yourself who are different mm -hmm. and actually sort of hear a different drum. Yeah. Yeah, I, maybe. I mean, I, I maybe I I hear the same drum, uh, but 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 I I I want it to sound different. <laughs> well, there could be that as well. <laughs> but we need people like you. We need people that can see, really see, and I don't mean you know see what everyone else can see and feel what everyone else can mm -hmm. feel, but can be pioneers in a new type of world i don't know i really feel that the late web music and i'm really talking about popular music now i really feel that last um end of the 20th century where we have all this incredible uh artistry and music and, in, and invention and progression uh, whether it's the beatles kate bush pink floyd barbara streisand punk whatever it is it's just all of them doing stuff that that millions of people know about millions of people buy millions of people invest in and i don't think the future is like that i also don't think the future is to do with having access to all the music in the world that, that you get to care or not care about in your phone or device um i really feel that there's 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 something else and it's not dependent on the current system that we know as the music industry i did i just don't think it's that and that's what made me feel less frightened about leaving spotify how do you feel now about it all uh i sort of think that it's i'm i'm a, i'm in the position to 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 leave spotify because I don't have affiliations or deals or agreements with companies or record labels. It's just me, you know? Yeah. So I don't have to consider, I, I, I have, or I don't have, I don't make vast amounts of money, um, but I do have autonomy and I do have a way of curating my output in a way that I, I know when I'm gone that my output will be sort of will be left in the state that I wanted it to be in, you know. Mm. And so I'm in that position. I can just go, I don't want my music on Spotify anymore. And the reason was not just because of the unfair payment stuff, which may change at some point. I hope it does for my whole community, not just me. But it was just the idea that they were investing in, in defense companies, you know, um, to invest in, a, in, in any company that, it wasn't to do with 
there were some other articles on the internet that said yeah, Spotify is investing in war, which is a very unnuanced way to say what they are doing. What they're really doing is putting a hundred million dollars behind the idea that war is something that has to exist. Mm-hmm. And that that's what I didn't like. I thought if well, if I had a spare hundred million dollars, I'd probably invest it into building bridges for peace, which is um, a, a, a not-for-profit organization run by an activist called Joe Berry, who goes around the world talking to different people in the midst of conflict and trying to resolve their differences before civilians go to war. I'm like, surely, <laughs> surely, if you're making millions of dollars from music, that's your first port of call before ah, the, the AI company that can calculate how many meters away a tank is from another tank in um, Afghanistan. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It just seemed ridiculous to me, so I, that's 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 why I left. My grandfather was a conscientious objector, um, and you know, a pacifist, and um, so I come from a family of pacifists, and it's one of the things I, I I've carried with me from my family. I think uh, I think there's not enough pacifists around. I think they are, they're just having conversations about war. And that it should exist is is uh, I find very peculiar. I don't judge people that think it's okay to join the army if they want to join the army. It's fine. I I just sort of think it's I find it strange. It feels a bit alien to me. So yeah, that's why <laughs> I left Spotify. That's why you left Spotify, and it's a huge decision to make. Yeah, but I feel good at the moment because other people mm-hmm. have been coming onto the other platforms that my music is available on so tell us about your music and what where people can find it and and what are your plans at the moment what are your projects well i've i've made an album Uh which is a kind of satirical take on uh the tech companies and a very moving and uh a deep take on on family and how the two are related ah okay yeah so it's sort of it's a concept album which is really about those two things it's about you know family life happening uh in its little ecosystem in one place and uh the the corporatocracy uh happening in another place and how those two things are related and how they affect each other uh, and it's also a movie, so I, I've made I've made a sort of narrative uh, feature length film out of that story and all the songs. Oh, is yeah. it available? I mean, is the album and the film no, available? There's a website which is called Super Connected. Uh, the, the, okay. whole, the whole album and the film is called Super Connected, and um, the website is superconnected.technology. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just starting to tell people about the website because um, when I'm ready to start sharing it, uh, that's a good place to, uh, to be subscribed to <laughs> so that I can, I can contact people and say, right, it's happening, you know. But it's, but it's, been, it's been quite a labour of love and, and uh, it didn't feel right to put it out at the beginning of the pandemic. And, and this year as well has been 
quite quite challenging. So I'm hoping that next year I'm going to start workshopping and and sharing some kind of live performance of the project. Well, that would be rather good. Yeah, it would be. I'm dying to do it yeah. now. I'm dying to do it now. Are you ready yeah. to do that now? Yeah, we we I did it with my band at the Isle of Wight Festival in September, just the songs, uh, mm -hmm. which was absolutely amazing. But it's one of those weird projects, a bit like Pink Floyd's The Wall, really, mm. where you have imagery and and ideas and stories and um, a lot of a lot of music. Um, so putting it all on together is is the part that's that's been missing and, and been very difficult to to achieve in the last uh, year so uh that's going to be the main thing i'm focusing on next year and i saw that you um are doing something with gold leaf yeah i've got another album there's a, that, so there's another album coming out in january which is mm. maybe magic um and that was that was my lockdown project where, where uh, oh. a year ago so when mm. i decided to write songs relearn guitar learn to paint again uh all in this all at the same time in two different rooms so i was painting in one room and then leaving it leaving the paint to dry and coming and recording a song in the other room uh and then going into another room and, and, and practicing guitar and it was just it was a yeah it was a kind of transform the the upset of of being restricted into a different sort of freedom, I suppose. Inwards and what is it? Inwards and upwards. Yeah, it's Sean Lennon's thing. Yeah, mm. In, inwards, inwards and upwards. So, inwards and upwards. Yeah, and that album's coming out. That's coming out in in a couple of weeks in January. So, um, yeah, so it's nice to to share that. I hadn't intended to share it publicly originally. Um, but I'm doing it now, and some people have pre-ordered. People are pre-ordering the album, which is really nice because I. Didn't... And where can where can they do that, um, Tom? Oh, the best the best uh, thing to do to find my music is probably go to my Bandcamp page. So uh -huh. you can just type in Bandcamp Tim Arnold, um, or my website, which is timarnold.co.uk. What a fascinating person you are, really. So <laughs> many things. And I'm, I'm still oh. fascinated, Tim, about the bat. And yes. how that transformed your life. It's just, you know, at such a young age to have that. But there are, it's also symbolic, isn't it? Because every animal has its symbolism. Yeah, bats are blind, of course, mm. but have pretty extraordinary hearing yeah uh which is interesting that i that straight after that obviously my 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 hearing became i don't know, certainly more active <laughs> yes 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 um, absolutely remarkable yeah it's a it's a funny it's a funny uh it's a funny twist <laughs> a twist in the tail so to speak yes, I, yes do you have an affinity with them now or no, I mean no, no, but you not really. I mean, I used to go to caves as a kid because of I used to go and chip quartz crystal in the caves in Spain, uh, and there were bats mm -hmm. in that cave. And what am I talking about? 
Yeah, you've just made me think of it, actually. I didn't even realise. So the monastery that I went to in, in, in Thailand is called Tam Krabok, uh, which literally means um, the uh, making in the cave. And the cave that it refers to is where the community of those Buddhist monks first settled. And... Uh, and that is full of bats, and I've forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I, I I started my solo career. I wrote my first solo album there, and and in fact, the first song that I wrote was in that cave. Yeah, there um, you are. So yes, gosh, you've made me. Yes, I'm finding new threads that I hadn't realised were there. <laughs> it must be some sort of a. I don't know. Maybe you have some sort of an affinity with that spirit animal. With the bats. Mm, and that you don't realise, and it's something that through your life, you see, when you think about it. Um, I'm going to start reading about bats now, beyond Batman, of course. Yes. Which I, which I love and have always loved. But, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, spirit animals, cats have always been my spirit animals. And I, and I used to have a snake as well. I like, Did you? you know, yeah, I like magician's pets. but but um, A dragon, for example. Yeah, exactly. Still looking <laughs> yeah. for one of those. But but I certainly need to have a look deeper into the bat thing. Mm. Now you're saying that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of significance in it. And um, I thought that when I was looking at some of your artwork, do you not have a bat or is that a cat with wings? You're quite right. It's a cat with wings. Well, I thought it was a bat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's an interesting looking bat. It looks like a cat. Um, oh, funny. Mm, You're mm. right, because it looks like, because they have a, a slightly more um, linear look bats when you see the body, don't they? It does look like a bat. Yeah, you know, when you stretch a, not that I've stretched a bat out, of course, but when they're in sort of, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> on a Sunday, no. Um, but when the bat is actually in a vertical position, it sort of um, looks like your picture. Didn't even think of it. You're right. yeah. yeah, that came from a dream in which I, I was a white cat. and um, Oh, really? Yeah, but I, I had... Yeah, now you're you've got me thinking now. <laughs> I think I think this 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 um um this podcast was certainly meant to happen because I'm I'm making notes now <laughs> on things I need to research um about yeah. about my own peculiar psyche. It's been it's been amazing. <laughs> amazing. I, yeah. I I thought it was uh, the the funny thing was when you know I was looking through all the art and everything. And then I thought, he's got a gold gilded sort of bat. That's interesting. <laughs> and, then I, and then I sort of looked again. I thought, well, it sort of looks like a cat. But in my mind, I was a thousand percent sure that it was a gold bat. How funny. Yeah. And then that's why when you said about your bat story, I thought, oh, how funny! Well, that, well, that's yeah. Well, I think you've yeah. 
you you saw something that I obviously wasn't seeing. <laughs> but, but, make, but now you are. It makes perfect sense given my background. Yeah. yeah. Kate, my partner, will be very, very smiling when she listens to this. Oh, will she? <laughs> yeah. She'll be like, aha. Yes. Yeah. 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 You have to tell her. You'll have to tell her or keep it as a surprise. Well, she she's, a, a, you know, she's a, a deeply magical being i think you brought you two get along with each other very well as well um and 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 you know she works in the dreaming realms i mean she she's she's oh, kind of that's interesting she's a, she's a dream tender so she, she tends to people's dreams that's what she does so, oh really i've never yeah. heard of that yeah well it's it's um the, the again it's a a, a a rare practice it's very niche i would say so mm. yeah um, but a really, really beautiful uh, craft. And you, yeah, you should. You, you, I think you'd enjoy talking to Kate about. about yeah, you should um, put us together. Yeah, we can have a nice chat. Yeah, she'll be analysing your bat story. <laughs> she, she'll, she'll, no, she this is so strange. This, no, yeah. listen, I've got to tell you. You know, you have this. Is I think it's your album cover, and mm. I think you've got your arms. Oh, you've got your arms across each other, haven't you? Which album? Which album's that? Um, there's a photograph of yeah, you. A black and white photo. Yeah, yeah. We can see my Thai tattoo on it. Yeah, there's some sort of tattoo. Yeah, um, yeah. That's for the "I Am for You" album. Right. So, at at that point, I thought. I don't know why I had this bat story going on. And then there's there's a photograph of you. Are you upside down or are you on your head? I I've been doing headstands uh, for the mm. last twenty years. <laughs> I tend to do, I didn't do them all the time at the drop of a hat. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> 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 oh dear. You, you, yes, you've got me, haven't you? Yeah, I'm I know. I know you're a bat, a bat in the secret life. That's it. You're the bat. My God. Yes. I mean, I started doing that when I was in my first band in Jocasta, um, just because I, I'd learned how to do a yogic headstand, nothing else, mm. and uh, and and we we were doing so many shows that I, I used to get bored on tour and and then would do that on stage and i've I carried on doing it ever since um mm -hmm. and obviously people liked it <laughs> in the audience but yeah yes I, I, I already had put everything together and i thought i can see that i can see yeah that. well i can see it now i didn't see it before though yeah yeah that's what they do isn't it they're up bats are upside down they? yeah they're upside down i thought gosh Tim's really into bats. This is what I thought. And I thought, I wonder what that's all about. And then when you first mentioned it, I thought, oh my goodness, because I was going to ask you, what's the bat affinity? Mm. Gosh. Yes, well, Kate had said it quite early. When I told her about the bat story, uh, mm. I don't remember, maybe a year ago, she, she was pretty sort of, right, the bats is the thing, you know. <laughs> But I, but I, neither of us had noticed that the cat on the new album actually does kind of look like a bat, and or yeah. or that the headstands are quite aligned with bat behaviour. <laughs> well, yes, 
Oh, gosh. I'm yeah. Googling or looking in Amazon. No, you're not going to be Googling, are you? I won't you? be Googling, but I shall no. be asking anybody I know about good books on bats now, I think. But you know that every sort of, you know this anyway, but um, Tim, you know that every animal has sort of a kingdom, you know, there's the animal kingdom, but there's an, an every animal has a kingdom. So there must be some sort of hierarchy in each kingdom of animals. So I would really go to the top and see what you're inspired, really, because it yeah. seems a huge um, connection. It does. And I thank you for, for, for uh, you'd obviously pictured this before, or, you know, thought of it before we mm. spoke. And thank you for for bringing it up because um, I, I, I I wouldn't have spotted it to be honest. Imagine I'm quite good at spotting patterns um, in 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 the world, uh, but but I have not spotted that one. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you probably have, but well, maybe not just yes, not not properly absorbed it or something. Or ready to share it with the world. Yeah. But now you, you are you, going to be heard. You, you've all done over. it. You've done it now. Yeah. 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 It's out there now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I need to retitle that painting. It's called Cats Out the Bag. I think it needs to be called Bats Out the Bag, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, literally, the cat is out the bag now. <laughs> yes, quite. Literally. <laughs> Uh, how, oh, how, thank how you wonderful. so much. This is oh, thank you. Been a pleasure, really, Tim. It, it, it's so wonderful to meet such interesting and really magical people such as yourself. Oh well, it's it, lovely to to talk to you and 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 sort of discuss all the things we've been talking about through your lens, which I, I think is wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a similar lens. It's just Yeah, I know we'll be in touch again. I can't believe we haven't met before. Yes. Well, we have really, as you know. We're just pretending now. Yeah. <laughs> we have yeah. to say that. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, please come again. And before you go, before you go, where can yes. people um, find out about all your wonderful things and um, contact you? Yeah, I think the best thing is is to subscribe um, to my newsletter on my website, which is timarnold.co.uk. Because because it, it's not like where do we find your music? I do so many different things. It's, I know there are collaborative community collaborative projects which I suddenly come up with at a drop of a hat. Uh, albums coming out, films, videos, and um, all, all sorts of other peculiar things. So I think. Yeah, subscribe to the website and you won't miss anything. <laughs> Wonderful. And I have to ask you before you go, Tim, of something that you feel will help others out there at this moment in time that has helped you in life, like a couple of lines of words of wisdom that have helped you sometimes in your sort of darkest moments because i think a lot of people out there need that well obviously everybody's different mm. so 
I, I always feel it's always hard to say one thing that, that works for everyone. But something that's worked for me is sometimes putting putting the plans that you think you need to make aside just to just to be yourself you know i think it's really helpful sometimes if you've got if you've got deadlines to meet but you'd rather go and watch a movie watch the movie yeah. I, know, I know some people can't do that, but uh, and I can't sometimes. But I really—that's a kind of simple analogy. But just, just—it's if you're literally poor, it's very it, everything is serious, you know. And and conversely, everything is serious when you feel poor. So, to 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 connect with the joy the kind of joy that you might have had when you were a kid and just not face for a couple of hours or even a day if you can the stuff that you feel is important and is must be you know dealt with or just letting go because nothing really matters that much and i know it it does uh especially when we're all struggling in our own ways and we've all got struggles but yeah just being brave and going you know today i'm not having this difficult bit of life i want to i want to watch the wizard of oz <laughs> with my yeah. with my daughter or i want to i want to go out and sit in the woods with my son or whatever it is just cancel the the routine <laughs> is is the one thing i feel if you can uh, makes it makes it easier to deal with the rest sometimes. It's such kind advice. Thank you so much for that. And I always used to do this, and sometimes I still do. And I put a flower in my hair, and it changes everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's a tiny little, tiny little action. Make, yeah, make, makes all the difference. I think. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you again, Tim. And, and thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you very much for such um, an effervescence of energy. And <laughs> really, really, it, it was wonderful. Uh, pleasure. I really enjoyed it as well. Thank you. And me too. Come again and get your girlfriend as well. Um, yeah. I think you, to make yeah. contact. I think she'd love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Then take care, Tim. All right. Thank All you. Right, take care. Bye, Bye. 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 Tim Arnold. What a fascinating gentleman. How lovely it is that we can meet so many people from across the globe together and share wonderful stories. Thank you, as ever, for joining me and my guests. Until next time, look after yourselves and lots and lots of beautiful love. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast 
and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website www.miminovic.co.uk